this year we are talking all year long about the foundations of the Christian faith. And there's many, many, many topics. And I was assigned the topic of memorizing scripture. Woohoo! All right, all right. I love it, I love it. And I realized. When I start, about a month ago, when I started preparing for this, I realized how I have neglected that discipline. I haven't neglected reading my word. I haven't neglected praying. I haven't neglected studying and journaling, but I've neglected meditating and memorizing. And it's a discipline. It, it sure is. But there, there are benefits and there are reasons why the Bible asks us to do that. But before we start, I'd like to say that it's really hard to convey with just, just my words what the Spirit of God will illuminate in your heart with the Word of God. There's nothing that I can say that will convince you. You just have to, what the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good and allow the Spirit of God to illuminate His words to you. And I'll give you some benefits and some reasons, but the first one is because... We are in love. We are madly in love with the author. We are madly in love with Jesus. We are his children. He has called us. He has washed us in his blood. He has redeemed us. He's preparing a place for us. He has done it from the beginning to the end, and we are madly and passionately in love with the author of this book. We are madly in love with God. And I can see my, my passion for God subsiding when I neglect reading the Word and studying the Word and meditating on the Word. But the very first reason, the very first thing is because I am in love with God. I'm in love with Jesus. Um, this quote, I have a few quotes today. The Bible is the love story of God with you. The Bible is the love story of God with you. God calls, he pursues, he forgives and heals. My response to his love is his gift. So I invite you this morning to just think more deeply about his word this morning and the importance, the foundation of scripture. We're going to go quickly through the, the different reasons why we should. The Bible is sprinkled throughout with admonitions and encouragements and instructions for why we should, we should take the word seriously. We should meditate. And, and, and one verse in the Old Testament says the words were found and he actually says he ate them. That's how strongly we are to take the word of God and what he says. So we'll just quickly find a few verses. We are instructed to do so. Now there is no commandment. One of the Ten Commandments is not thou shalt memorize the word of God. That's not a commandment in the Bible, but we are strongly urged for our sake, for, for our guidance, for our comfort, for our protection, for our instruction, for our wisdom to learn what the Bible says to us and for us. So I, I didn't have the first part of this verse just because of time, but it's talking about the blessed man, the man that is blessed. Why is he blessed? But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. I don't know how many of us, when we open our Bibles or we open up the app on our phone, do we think, I am delighting. This is delighting me. I get delight from doing this. That shows you how far away 
we are from the intention God has for us in reading his word. It's to be a delight. You say, well, how in the world am I going to make it a delight? By reading, by praying, by asking. It will become a joy to us. Um, the, the Hebrew word for meditate means to murmur and to repeat on the low voice. A murmur isn't a shout. You're not standing on a rooftop and, and shouting with the megaphone when you are meditating. Meditate means to murmur, to repeat over and over. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that was challenging to me when I was studying and praying and <clears throat> thinking and bemoaning <laughs> some of my practices is that I have fall into the habit of just memorizing one verse at a time. Like if I need a verse for comfort, or if I need a verse for healing, or if I need a verse to not be mad, or if I need a verse to have courage, I'll pick one verse and memorize it and one and done. But I realize the short-sightedness of that. I realize that, it, for one, it's easier to memorize whole passages of Scripture, but it, it doesn't disconnect to me from the, the meaning of the verse, the true meaning. So I've been... I've been practicing what I'm preaching this morning. And so this, this year, I'm going to start, I'm going to memorize the book of Colossians. It's only four chapters. I've got how many more months to do it? I'm going to do it. Now, here's how far I've gotten so far. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints in Colossae, to the saints in Christ in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God the Father. That's how far I've gotten. I've gotten one verse, the introduction. So if you want to join me and memorize the book of Colossians, there's plenty of time. You can, we can just do it together because I'm only one verse ahead of you. But, I, but, but the Holy Spirit illuminated to my spirit the importance, not, of, not just of God's word. I mean, we know God's word is important. But how important it is to me the decisions I make, that the, the way I look at life, everything about everything that concerns me, the Bible, I profit from in the Bible. So I thought, okay, what's my plan? I've got a whole year stretching out ahead of me. This can't be a chore. This can't be a burden. It has to be real. So I thought, okay, I'm going to start with the book of Revelation, the last two chapters, because what I want to do is I want to know how everything ends. I mean, I know how everything ends, right? We're Christians, we're believers, we know, but I want to be reminded of how everything ends. So I started. And my little puppy that most of, some of y'all know we have a puppy now, which I've never had a puppy before. So that little puppy, if she could speak, this is what she would say. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will be their God. They will be his people, and God himself will be among them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain, for the former things have passed away. 
to the thirsty. I will give them of the spring of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage. I will be his father. He will be my son. But to the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, idolaters. Their place is found, and all liars, their place is found in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur. That's all the farther I've gotten so far. So I'm not going to stay in the pit of, of hell. But I'm saying, join with me. Do this with me. There's so many benefits. Okay, let's keep going. Colossians were instructed, let the word of God dwell in us, how? Richly. Not in poverty, like, okay, I know one fragment of one verse and I can barely remember it if I look it up on my Kindle. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. There's a purpose for that. It's not just to, to increase your mind, which it actually is a really good exercise. But those of us who are past 40 and 50 and 60, we're more concerned about our brain health. And I never thought about my brain health at 20. Why did I care what my brain looked like or felt? I was living life. But now, as I'm looking at my seventh decade, I'm thinking, my brain, I got to keep my brain. And so, you know, you buy puzzles and do all kinds of games. But there is nothing that compares to memorizing the word of God. It will keep your brain sharp and your mind active, but more importantly, your heart alive to the possibilities that God has for you and for your family and for this church and for this city. And I must continue. Oh, we don't like this one. It convicts us of our sin. It can, because the sin that we do isn't really a bad sin, is it? It's the sin that Elder Jim does that's the sinful thing. It's the sin I do is not that bad. But the Bible says that the Scripture illuminated, the Word of God illuminated by the Spirit of God convicts me of my sin. It shows me where I am separating myself from God. Because that's what sin does. Sin separates us from God. Am I still a Christian? Yes. But if I am repeatedly engaging in a sin, that behavior or that attitude or that action is separating me from the life of God. And I start to feel disconnected and I start to make excuses. Psalm says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. He was concerned. The psalmist was concerned about sinning against God. I'm not so sure that people are that concerned about it anymore. But as Christians, as those of us that are called out from the world, washed in the blood of the Lamb, God is preparing a place for us. We need to be concerned about our actions and our behaviors. Not just for ourselves, but for our families, our church, and our community. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my mind on your ways. I will delight. I got to say, I got a ways to go before I get to delight. You know, I'm doing it with a good attitude. But delight? Oh, I'm just so excited. I got to get in the Word. I delight. I, I got to go. I got a ways to go. 
I will delight in your statues. I will not forget your word. That is the statement of determination and intention of his will and his actions and his attitudes. I will not forget your word and I will delight in your word. Amen. It comforts us in our affliction. I also read the Bible stories for comfort. I took my grief to the Bible for healing. This, this, this author resonates with me. I took my grief to the Bible for healing. I cannot think of any human grief that is not expressed for us in the Bible from the very beginning stories in Genesis. God has provided all that we need in his word, illuminated by his spirit. It, he, this, the word of God comforts us. It activates us. It gives us courage. It gives us understanding and wisdom. I, I, one thing that I love about meditating and memorizing the scripture is it makes you wise. It does. There's a verse in Psalms. I didn't have time to, to put it up there because there's so much. But it talks about I'm wiser than my, my elders because I meditate on your word. I'm wiser than those that came before me because I am fixed on your word. I'm thinking about your word. I am practicing your word. And let me tell you this, the word of God makes you a better wife, a better sister, a better friend, a better counselor. It is your dearest friend, the word of God. And we neglect it because we, we don't understand the importance. It is the foundation of our faith. It is what comforts us. It is what motivates us. The Bible says God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Um, some of you will remember a few months ago, I, we were preaching a sermon, and, and my, sub, my topic was adversity. How do we trust God when you're going through adversity? And I shared some of the things we struggled with last year. And I had found this verse, and I wasn't just looking through the Bible to pick one and, and, and claim it. It was part of my devotional. And I came upon this verse, and it just, even though I don't think of myself as a dramatic person, I shared this with my small group, and they laughed at me, and they laughed with me. So it was a good thing. But this was the verse that when I read it, the Spirit illuminated it to my heart and to my mind. And this is the verse. Like I said, it's a little dramatic do not gloat over me, my enemies, for though I fall, I will rise again. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Now, I, in the Old Testament, a lot of times they're talking about physical battles and physical things that they're fighting. They're fighting with swords and all these kinds of things. And in the New Testament, the battles are spiritual. We wrestle not against and we, it's a spiritual thing. So I wasn't, I knew that it wasn't, God wasn't saying you have fallen physically my heart was crestfallen. My heart had lost something. I, don't, I still haven't identified it yet. Disappointment or discouragement, whatever. And I felt this rising up, this, the word rising up inside me. I don't know who my, I don't know the first part. Do not gloat over me, my enemies. But though I fall, I will rise again. 
Though I sit in darkness, I'm, at, this, at this point in time, I thought, I don't know where the answer is coming from. I know who is providing the answer, but I don't know how it will look or what. So though I sit in darkness, meaning I don't have the answer right now for what needs to happen, but the Lord is my light. I'm not alone. I can still see because the Lord is my light. I love that. He, he is a comfort to me. He keeps us from error. Jesus answered them. This was a conversation he was having with a, a religious group called the Sadducees. And they were different from the Pharisees in the fact that they, they did not believe in the resurrection after death. They didn't believe the bodies were going to be resurrected like, like it says in the New Testament. So Jesus, they were arguing with Jesus, giving them these ridiculous scenarios. So what do you think about this and what do you think about that? So finally he just said, I love this because he's not politically correct he says you are wrong he doesn't say well I have another opinion or have you considered this or maybe we should think about he just said you're wrong you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God and so many times if I have an attitude that's ingrained or if I have an opinion that's the Holy Spirit's like you're wrong my, look to my word. Find out why you're wrong. Find out what needs to change. Find out how you need to, to forsake that or embrace this. I love that about the scriptures. It, 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 once I understand them, it's clear. It provides a lamp for a light for our path. Now, my other example I'm going to use is, of course, from Jesus. I think it's important for us to face temptation the way Jesus faced temptation. So we all know the big, the big showdown and he had been fasting for 40 days and physically he felt weak. And we know that Satan came to him and started tempting him with these different things. And, and Jesus always countered out loud with, it is, it is written. Now he could have done a whole lot of other things. He was after all God. But he, what he did was he spoke out loud, it is written. And so after a couple of these, Satan picks up on it and he starts quoting the scripture. That's what we're picking up now. Satan says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus said to him again, it is written. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So it's important that we not only know the scriptures, but we, as the Bible says, rightly divide the word of God. That we understand who is he talking to? What is he saying? How do I apply that to me? Because the enemy can twist words. He did it with Eve. He can twist words. And, and we think we're 21st century smart, but this is a spirit that we're dealing with, not a, not a mental capacity. We have to fight this with the Spirit. Okay, last one. It activates my faith to believe God. I think this is, I don't have a favorite, but I, I, this resonates with my life. All throughout my life, from my earliest childhood, the Bible has, has been a source of not just comfort, but direction. And um, I don't want to use the word enlightenment because that word's gotten such a bad rap now. But showing me things I would not know 
apart from his word. I mean, we were missionary family, as, as Elder Jim said. We were Quakers, and we, we were missionaries, and we, you know, did all sorts of things. And so we traveled around a lot. The things that children normally find comfort and security in, we didn't have. We, we had each other. And, and so, but the, but the word of God was a comfort to me. And so from a young age, I, I really, really believe that the Bible is true. And I really, really believe that it is God's word spoken to us, spoken to me. And so as I'm having my devotions, as I'm reading, certain verses will, what I said before, will illuminate themselves. It's like, it's like some people have said, it's like it leaps off the page. It wasn't that quite that way with me, but just it comes alive. And I, in that moment, I have the faith to believe for my situation what that verse is saying. And I'll give you an example. Um, this You're thinking, what in the world is that crazy verse doing in here? It's an Old Testament verse. And it's talking about a person that's not even a believer. It's talking about King Cyrus. And he was not a lover of God, but he, had, but he was the one that God used to, to, to rescue the Israelites out of the Babylonian captivity. God said, I will do my purpose through who I want to do my purpose with. So he used King Cyrus. And this verse, I had read it in my devotions, like, oh, that's, okay, it's interesting, good historical fact. I love knowing it. I like history. But about maybe 10 years ago, Pastor Hope, Pastor Aslan, and Pastor Grace had been working with, with young ladies in our church. They, they all had small groups, and their groups had groups, and their groups, groups had groups. And it's just, we filled the, the church with young women that were starting to know, wait a minute. I, I, the, my life has purpose and value, and, and the Lord wants me to use my voice for something besides silliness. He, I have a purpose. And so I, I thought it was planted in my heart. We need to take this organ. At the time, it was lovely. Well, it still is, but I'm speaking of lovely specifically. And the, the thought was planted in my mind and in my heart that we should take it outside the door, that these three young women should take it outside the doors of the church and into the public schools, into the community, into behavioral centers. And you may, not, you may be surprised, you may not be surprised, but I was surprised at how much resistance we got. There's not enough money, not, not just from, not from people in the church, I'm just saying, just in general. First, of course, there's not enough money, and there's, you don't have enough people, and the public schools don't want any more after-school programs. And you're faith-based? I don't want anything to do with it. But the Lord put that verse in my mind, from my heart. I will go before you, Crystal, and I will level those mountains. I will smash down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. And I understood that to mean, I will go before you and the opposition you will face from humanism, from secularism, from people that do not love God, that I am gonna go ahead of you and these three young ladies and I am gonna smash it down. I am gonna level it and I will take care of that from you. I had to believe, we had to work, those girls had to work and those girls' girls had to work. Everybody was working hard. But the opposition in the spiritual realm, the people that said, no, 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 guess what they were saying? Man, we really need that in this school. Man, we really need that in the behavioral center. Man, these girls are killing themselves. We really need you to come because God said, I will level that mountain. I will go before you. I will do this thing. 
But I didn't just pick a verse out of the air and go, okay, God, honor this verse. No, he illuminated it to my heart, gave me the faith to believe. And thank God I had the women around me with resolve to see it through. I love that. God's word will accomplish its purpose. And as of last count, is it 17 schools we're in? Yes, I mean, so hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will go before you. I will do it. I'll prepare the way. But that verse had to come alive in my heart. We had to believe it. And then there was plenty of work to do. Okay, one other example. It's this one. I think Pastor Marcus shared this story before, but since it happened to me, I'll share it. Um, we were, we had, were, had been married for a while and I had had a miscarriage, happens all the time, and I was pregnant with Pastor Crystal, our oldest daughter, and I started having all the signs, all you mamas will know what I'm talking about, all this physical signs, I was, my body was miscarrying again, and fear struck my heart, it's not like, well, we can just have another, we'll try again, I, fear struck my heart, and I had been reading through the Psalms in my devotions, and studying the Psalms and, and, and tr trying to meditate on them. It's a lot harder to meditate when you have it memorized, so I will say that. But the Lord brought this, but it's never happened before, and it's never happened since in this way. This verse came up from inside my heart into my mind, and it was like the, the baby was speaking to me because the verse that came to me from God was, I will not die, but I will live to proclaim the glory of the Lord. And I held on to that. For first, I was shocked. I'm like, the baby's talking to me. It reminded me of when, when Mary was pregnant with Jesus, and she went to see her cousin Elizabeth. Remember what happened with the baby? John the Baptist leapt inside Elizabeth's belly. And that's kind of how I felt, that the baby was talking to me, saying, I will not die, but I will live to proclaim the glory of the Lord. And she has lived to proclaim. She's gone around the world proclaiming the glory of the Lord. And when you get a word from God, when you get a word, his word will not return void. He said in Jeremiah, I am watching over my word to perform it. Not to perform, not for me to say, God, you gotta do this, you gotta, but Lord, this is your word. This is what you told me. This is what I believe. This is what we agreed together as a body of Christ. He's watching over his word to perform it. We're not begging him or pleading with him. It's his word. It's the word of God. The word became flesh. And later on it says, and dwelt, lived with us. That's, that's who he is. He's watching and waiting. But if we don't have it, if we don't know it, if we're just so... It's nice. Is the Bible nice? Yeah, it's nice. I got this new novel I'm reading. I got this new, and the Bible's nice. But it is a book among books. No, it is the word of God. And it is the only book that will change what you believe, your destination, your destiny, your calling, your purpose. It is the only book that is God. And I love the scriptures. I love the fact that Jesus invites us into his family through the scriptures. Let's, let's stand up. We're going to do something that's kind of like out of left field. Let me give you a few tips for memorizing. Some of you that are still in school could give me tips. It's been a while for me. But let me just say, 
find a translation that you like and stick with the same translation. Don't memorize a verse and, you know, New King James and then switch to the message and then switch to uh, New American Standard. Find one that you like. I, I use to memorize um, the one that my favorite theologians in T. Wright. So I use the ESV, the English Standard Version. That's just me. Pick whichever version you want that you'll use regularly and just start. It's brutal repetition. Like I said, if my puppy could talk, that puppy would be saying, and then I saw the new Jerusalem because the first, that's what he'd be saying, because he's heard it hundreds of times. So, but let me just encourage you, not just the word of God, but all, memorize all kinds of things. Memorize the constitution, memorize the bill of rights, but specifically if you are a believer, memorize the apostles creed, because this is a distillation of the tenets of the faith. We're talking about the foundations of the faith. This distills what we believe in one creed. And when you memorize it, some of us, I took a, I took a, a, a hand check in the early service and most people had not known the Apostles' Creed. Do, do any of y'all know the Apostles' Creed? Have you memorized? Okay, there's more in this service. Okay, so if you know it, you can say it by heart. If not, we're gonna read this together. This is one of the things I encourage you to memorize but the Holy Spirit will lead you in what he wants you to memorize. And if you're going to memorize Colossians with me, send me a text so I, you can suffer with me. Okay. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried, he descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Now, the Holy Catholic Church doesn't mean Catholic with the C, like the religion. It just means the universal church. All of us together make up the body of Christ from France and Spain and everywhere. That's, that's, that's what it means by the Catholic Church. All right, I'm going to ask Elder Jim to come out. He's got some verses he's going to say, and he's going to pray a blessing over us. Um, I remember I was in seventh grade, and I memorized. I went on a mission trip. It was a terrible mission trip. Um, but... Jeremiah 33, 3, it says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. And so that, that's one of those things I just kind of stored in my heart and in my belief. I love scripture. Um, if you want to know more about scripture, we do have a class called Going Deeper on the first and last Sundays of every month. Um, so please join us there if you get a chance. But really dive into scripture. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it says, all scripture is inspired by God and is good for doctrine, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be fully equipped for every good work. So if you want to do something better, you want to be a better husband, a better father, a better brother, a better worker, a better anything, Scripture's where it's at. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that you didn't just send your son, Lord, but you sent us a book on how to find him, on how to find him every day. Lord, so I ask that you would help us to dive into that book, Lord, headlong, Lord, that we would know and cherish and love Scripture, Father, that we would put it in our hearts, because if it's memorized in our hearts and in our minds, we can't simply close an app or leave it in the bookcase, Father, but it is with us forever, Lord. So I pray, even now, that you would help us to remember, remember what you've done, 
and memorize scripture to draw us towards you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.